Thank you for tuning into Stepping Stones of Faith. Stepping Stones of Faith is a ministry of Claytonville United Brethren Church. Our service times are as follows. Sunday morning Sunday school starts at 9.30 a.m. Sunday morning worship starts at 10.30 a.m. If you would like to join us for any of these services, our address is 106 Elizabeth Street, Claytonville, Illinois, 60926. We hope to see you this morning. Father, we thank you today. Lord, for your grace and your mercy. I pray, Father, that you'd be with Amy and the boys as they do Sunday school. Touch them and bless them by your spirit. Father, anoint Amy to teach and the boys to listen and learn. Minister to them. Give them strength today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, the boys may be dismissed to Sunday school. As for us today, first and foremost, happy Father's Day to all those who are fathers. Jim, myself, everybody can get a flower at, you know, at the end. Jim, Ralph, myself, Sam, you're a stepfather kind of thing, so praise God for you as well. All right, well, we're going to do something a little change this week, and I think we may do this after we're done with the book of Jude. We're going to take a walk through the Psalms today. So, have you ever done that before? I do that about every, between November 1st up to Advent, my devotions go through a walk through the Psalms, which... It's kind of neat when you think about it. It's kind of neat how to, how, to, how to do that. What I normally do is I sit down and I begin to pray, Lord, what, what psalms would you like me to look at this year? And, and, and as the Lord leads, I pray through and, and read and study an individual psalm every day or every other day or whatever, how long it takes me to do that. So today, we are going to be looking at Psalm 103. Just five verses, starting in verse 8, following down. I do have commentary today. The commentary comes from a website called The Enduring Word. If you want to look, they have commentaries on pretty much everything in the Bible, if you want to look at those. It's The Enduring Word, I believe, dot com. So I'll be citing some things from them today as well. When we're there at Psalm 103, say amen. God is good, isn't he? Psalm 103 today, starting in verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always accuse, neither will he keep his anger forever. He does not treat us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Father, thank you, Lord, for this word. Help us to glean a greater understanding through it. And Lord, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, one of the things that I want to start off with this morning is those of us that, those of us that have children, it's very, and, and parents basically, it's very important for the parents to emulate God in this way, especially the fathers. The father has the unique opportunity, I should say, and call of God to, to show their children and mirror God to their children so that their children can get a greater understanding and a, and a, and a perfect understanding of who God is from the scriptures. And so if you have children or grandchildren, it is important that you model those kinds of things to show God to those whom you love. Verse 8, he says, The Lord is merciful, gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in mercy. How many of us struggled with that when our kids were little? My kids are still little. Do I struggle with that sometimes? Yeah. But we're to be slow to anger. You ever have kids that fight all the time in the summer? I do. They argue and they're on each, at each other's throat and they're going crazy and it's beyond all sanity to stay sane. But yet we're called to be merciful and gracious. It's interesting. That very act of being merciful and gracious and slow to anger, that is something that will be very important to our children when they're older. Because dad usually, or mom, or a parent that has a short fuse, the children usually have short fuses. They model that behavior. That's one of the things that I say very often, and it's a, it's a biblical principle, but it's also a management principle from the standpoint, if you want an attitude to change with, within a business or within a family, it's important for the boss or the head of household to model that behavior. So if you want closer unity in the family and love in the family, it is the father's ability and the father's obligation to model that behavior. If you don't want your children to be... Um, short-fused and upset and anxious all the time, then it's the father's responsibility to model that behavior in front of his children. And it's very important because these kinds of principles will shape who our children will become in the future. Verse 9, he says, He will not always accuse, neither will he keep his anger forever. I don't know about you, but I can't be mad at my kids forever. You know, they climb up in your lap and they give you a hug and say, Daddy, I love you, or whatever the case. Or they get that smile or whatever, and you just, you just melt your heart. And you can't be mad at them forever. <laughs> Even though they've done things or have said things that are not very good to say or do, just that simple act, you cannot keep your anger forever. And it's important also that we not only not keep the anger, but not drudge up the past. That is something that a lot of parents do, and it's unfortunate. 
they bring up things that the child or, or a spouse or somebody has done in the past. And that, that happens a lot in marriages and the children then model that behavior. Well, I remember what you did two years ago and, well, that's water under the bridge and, and water over the dam by now. We need to move beyond that and move forward. So we should not continually accuse. We should not continually look for fault because that's going to bleed through to the children. Men, I, I'm not one of these men or I, I wasn't one of these men before. Not now, I never really was, but you know, I, I was always one and been a person that when I was growing up, if something needed to be done, you just did it. If there was laundry piling up you, if, and you noticed it, then you're responsible for putting it in the washer. If their dishes are piling up and you notice it, it's your responsibility to start the dishes. So I've always been that way. And so I'm not one that will sit back in my easy chair and say, bring me my slippers, bring me a LaCroix water, bring me whatever, do whatever I ask. I'm not one of those types of people. If I want something done, normally I will do it myself because I'm one of those people that I know how I want it done and I do it the perfect way I know how to do it and anybody else does it, probably won't do it the way I want it. So I do it my own way. So in that, too, you foster in your children a work ethic and a way to be with your, in their homes. So many kids, so many kids that I grew up with in school and stuff and, and young, in younger days, their dads were the kind that were like that. You know, you, you, you sat down, you, you sat in your easy chair and the wife took care of everything. You know, what do you do when you move out on your own? You've got to learn how to keep house. You've got to learn how to clean. And when you do that, in the family, that prepares your children for that opportunity to do that. As a matter of fact, I, I make my kids do chores and help around the house. So they know how to do that. They know how to run the washer. They know how to do dishes. They know how to sweep the floor. They know how to do whatever, dust furniture. They know how to do all that. It's important to model that behavior as a parent and as a father. It's called servant leadership. Fathers are called to servant leadership. It's important to serve your family. It's important to serve your children and your spouse and your family as a whole. One unique call of, a, of the father is one of the spiritual head of the house. You know, usually there's a model that I've seen, God or Jesus, the father, the wife, and then the children. The father submits to Jesus. The wife and children submit to the father as he submits to Jesus. That's the important thing to understand. It is my responsibility and the father's responsibility to model a good biblical understanding of scripture in the home. So if you have children, and when you have children, it's important to set aside time as a family to catechize your kids. And what I mean by that, uh, Kayla and 
Kyle are in the Lutheran church, so they understand what catechism is. It's important to catechize your kids. You have to know, the kids have to know why they believe what they believe. They need to know what they believe and why they believe it. It cannot be, well, mom and dad believe this, so I'm going to go around just behind them. They've got to understand why they believe what they believe and what they know what they believe as individuals from, from this high. They've got to understand that. And it's, it's, the, it's the father's responsibility to foster that kind of relationship and to foster that kind of growth in the family. Verse 9 also has, in Psalm 30, I want to flip back there real quick. You don't have to flip back there if you don't want to. But Psalm 30, verse 5, it says this, For his anger endures but a moment in his, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We have been, and, and we've all had those sleepless nights with our kids. Our, my, my, my kids are not old enough to keep me up worrying about them driving, but we've been up worrying about them when they were sick and when they were not feeling well and, and high fevers and all those things. And you cry out to God and you, and you ask God to heal and you ask God to guide the doctors and guide the direction. And there were times I wept before God when my kids were sick. And yet in the morning, maybe a fever has broken. God answered prayer, joy comes in the morning. With our kids, with your kids, with kids in general, yes, we're going to have situations in our lives where kids are going to cause us grief. They're going to cause us pain. But remember something. They are not defined by that, by that mis, mis transgression or that misdoing of something. They're still your children. They're still your kids. You should love them. Be joyful that you have them. There's so many families, I'm going to touch on this because it's so unfortunate. There's so many families that have, that have children in them that are living an alternate lifestyle. Can I say homosexuality? They're living that kind of lifestyle. And so many families shun those, those, God, those men or women. They shun them. They say, get out of my house. Get out of the field. You're not belong. What happened? Let's say a week ago, when you didn't know, they were still your kid. You loved them. Seven days later, you find out something, and now they're no longer your child. They're no longer belong. They're no longer welcome. What happened in those seven days? Nothing. Yes, they're in an alternate lifestyle, and yes, and the Bible calls it sin, and yes, it is wrong, and yes, all of those things. I don't discount that. I don't think that we should discount what the Bible says, but the, we, should, we should account for the fact that they are a human being, and they are our children, and they, they, they deserve love, and they have, to, they have to be known of the fact that they're capable of being loved, and they're loved, and they're, and they're capable of being loved and, and loving someone. Their choice of loving someone might not be what God intended or God wants, but they're still a human being. They're still a person that God wants to be reconciled to himself. Sin is sin. A lying person 
is just as bad as someone who's living an altered lifestyle. Matter of fact, a lying person, I've said this many times, if you look in the book of Revelation, there's a special place in hell for liars. It says that in the book of Revelation. So if we have a problem with lying, we better get that figured out because we're going to end up in the lake of fire. So why are, we so why are we so bent on saying that something is so drastically wrong and we forget the person behind it? That is so, so difficult for me to understand. Going on here, verse 10, He does not treat us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. When your children do things wrong, don't treat them as though they are wrongdoers. You know what I'm saying? Their mistakes don't define them. Their identity defines them. Their identity in Christ. Maybe they're not a Christian yet. Their identity defines them. Do not treat them as though they're wrongdoers or sinners. Because one, what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen in that situation? We've got two little kids. Not so little. They're to me now. Not so little. But if we treat our children, just in general, as wrongdoing people, wrongdoers, sinners, we treat them poorly, you know what's going to happen? When that child turns 18 or goes off to college, you might as well say your final goodbyes because they won't be back. They'll find someone else that will treat them and, as they should be treated. And then we'll find someone else who will love them for who they are. When it's our job as fathers to love our children as they are, even though they're not maybe living the life you want them to live, they're still your child. You'd love them to the foot of the cross. Amen. Don't treat them as wrongdoers. Don't repay them. The Bible says don't, don't repay evil for evil, but re re repay evil with good. So don't repay evil for evil. If they do something wrong, let's just, let's just say this. I'm going to just bring this out again. You have a child who's in a homosexual relationship, man or woman, whatever the case. You believe it's wrong. You believe they're doing the wrong thing. Right here in this particular scripture, it tells us to not treat them as though they are sinners. In other words, do not shun them. Do not bring them to a place of feeling worthless because of your feelings. Do not keep them away from you. Love them to the cross. Treat them as though they are to be treated. Jesus said that. The golden rule, we call it. Treat, those as you, treat others as you'd want to be treated. Would you want to be shunned? Would you want to be told you could not be a part of the family anymore because of a choice you make? That's what Jesus, that's the whole purpose of Jesus. Isn't it? God's family, Adam and Eve, chose to sin against God, their father. Yes, he cast them out of the garden, but he still loved them. Cain killed
killed Abel. God didn't forget about Cain. God put a mark on Cain and said whoever hurt Cain would be hurt worse. God is telling us through his scripture with our children we're to love them as Christ loved the church evidently and ultimately regardless of who they are who they've become. My mom always said my mom's still alive. I talk, to her, I talk about her in past tense, but she's still alive. But when I was younger, she always said, you know, when we moved out, I moved out later in life, but my, my brothers moved out. We, had a, we lived on a farm, and she said, that door right there, the screen door, she said, that's a, that's a revolving door. You can always come home no matter what. You can always come home no matter what. And that's important to understand that. You can't go back in time, but you can always come home. Now, that's what happened with the prodigal son, isn't it? He left home, made some bad choices, lived a life contrary to the one the father wanted for him, blew his money, did all the things that were wrong. He actually, the thing that he did when he was eating the pig food and feeding the pigs and in the pen with the pigs was what we would call today an abomination because they were not supposed to even be around pigs. They weren't supposed to touch pigs. They weren't supposed to consume pigs. And the prodigal son was in with the pigs, eating their food. That's horrible in the sight of the Jewish culture. And yet the father took him back. He could not go back in time and say, I wish I could get all that money back and not leave because he's already done it. But he could always go home, no matter what his choices were. So as a father, our children need to understand that our kids can always come home, no matter what the choices they make are, good or bad. They can always come home. The parable says that the father said, Rejoice, let's kill the fatted calf, for my son who I thought was dead is alive again and has returned. That's also a parable of someone who is, a, is in a sinful life but then also becomes born again and follows Jesus. That's a parable for that, but we can, we can apply that for this as well. We're to love our children. Don't treat them as though they're, they're the wrongdoers that they already know they are. They already know they're wrongdoers. We need to, we need to guide them in the Scripture. You know, when I was in management, and I've said, I think I said this last week or week before, I hated evaluations where you sat down across the desk from your boss and they said, here's what you've done wrong before they tell you what you've done right. Because once you find out what you've done wrong and they say you've done this and this and this and this wrong, me personally, my ears get turned off. I don't care what you've got to say after that. So when we treat our kids, when they come home, we say, you should never be like that. You should, it's wrong for you to be like this. Blah, da, 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 da. That is a place for that. There's a place for that. I'm not saying there isn't. There's a place for that. But there's also a place where I am so glad you're back. I love you with all my heart. Please come and live with us. Please be with us. Please let us help you. Please, and these are things that you can change. These are things. Do it in a loving way. Do it in a loving way. I love the, 
I loved the uh, evaluations where they said, here's what you've done right in the past year. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, that's great, but here's what you need to work on. Boom, 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 boom. It's a different setting. Different setting when we choose to do that way. Verse 7, or verse 6, or excuse me, I'm way up too high. Verse 11, for, the, for as, as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Now, this, in this instance, the word fear is not, ooh, I'm afraid. It's respect, reverence for God. We need to understand that we, we need to, as fathers, fear and reverence God. Fear and respect of God and model that behavior to our children so that when they are older, they too will respect and revere God. Really will. One of the things I enjoy so much, and, and, and um, I'm going to brag on my kids a little bit if that's okay, but my kids get in arguments about what they watch on TV especially if it's like a biblical thing and they're like, they argue about, they pull out points in scripture. That, that didn't happen this way. This happened this way. Why? No, that, Jesus didn't do that. He did this. They argue back and forth about the, the proper ways of scripture at nine and eight. That is there because I myself as a father and I'm encouraging those of you with grandchildren and children that when you have children, to model and to cultivate the faith that you live in front of them. And not only live it out, but talk about it. Now, verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You ever wonder how far the east is from the west? If you look at a globe, we don't have a globe up here. You look at a globe, it's farther than going north to south. Did you know that? Because if you're going, if you head south, eventually you'll head north, right? But if you go east to west, you never go west. You're always going east, even though it's a circle. You're always going east. So east and west never meet. Check it out on a globe, and you'll see what I mean. But if you, if you, if you go east to west, you'll continue to go east. You never go west. That's how far our transgressions, when we, when we ask God to forgive us, as in, as in 1 John 1, 9, when he forgives our sins, he throws them to his, into his sea of his great forgetfulness and as far as the east is from the west, which means it never will meet up again. Shouldn't we treat our kids that way? Yeah, I know, you know, my kids are not old enough to do any grievous things, but I'm sure some, somebody has had kids that have done something that we thought was grievous, no matter if it was in, by society standards or not. But when, when it's all said and done, forget about it. Throw it as far as the east is from the west and move on. That's what God does. 
We have, we have sinned against God so much as, as individuals from the beginning of time. I'm not talking the 2020, 2021 years and America specifically or the world specifically, but from the beginning of time, we have sinned against God. We've shaken our fist at God. We have, we have spoken his name in vain. We have shunned him. We have persecuted him. We have persecuted the church. We have done things against God. And yet God says, if you come to me, I will forgive you and I will throw your sin as far as the east is from the west. As fathers, we need to model that behavior to our kids. We need to model that behavior to our families because we are the beacon of which we paint Jesus in Scripture to our families. We need to understand that. We need to understand that we are the ones showing our family Jesus. We really are. What are they seeing? Are they seeing a Jesus that is not painted in Scripture? Or are they seeing a Jesus that is painted in Scripture? The true Jesus. What are they seeing? Charles Spurgeon, I love, 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 love Charles Spurgeon. If, if you've ever read Charles Spurgeon, you are blessed. Charles Spurgeon said this, We ought to praise the Lord for what he has not done as well as for what he has wrought for us. Even the negative side deserves our adoring gratitude. Why <laughs> would Spurgeon say that? Do we like getting spankings? I don't. I didn't. But Why? Why should we give, give thanks to God for the negative things he's done to us? Because it says he chastens those whom he loves. Right? My children are no stranger to being disciplined. And they know that when they're disciplined, it's for their own betterment. Just as God chastens us as a father for our own betterment in society as individuals. Amen? Charles Spurgeon said this also. He says, God loves us and he will love us forever. He loves us infinitely and he could not love us more than if he had never fallen. Or if we, if we had never fallen. Let me read that again so I get it right. God loves us, and he will love us forever. He loves us infinitely, and he could not love us more than if we had never fallen. You see? His love doesn't change. The love he had for Adam and Eve, the, the greatest love he had for them, even though they fell, that love did not change. The love does not change for you either. He loves you just as much the day you sinned as much as the day you came to him. There's no change. There's no change. God loves us forever, infinitely. And he wants us to be with him. And I want to take my kids with me to heaven. I want my kids to be with me. I want it to be a glorious family reunion. At the, end of the, at the end of the ages. 
I want my kids there. I want my wife there. I want myself there. I want my family, my, my extended family there. I want it to be a glorious family reunion. And I think we all should want that. So we should model as fathers the points in which Jesus wants us to model. Amen? Does that make sense? Have I stirred some hearts today? I hope I have. I hope I have. God bless you. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. And I want to encourage you. The challenge for this week, give challenges every week. Challenges for this week. If you have kids or grandkids, show them better, show them greater love than you've ever showed them before. If you've got parents, show them the, greater, the greatest love you've ever showed them that you've never showed them before. God is love. God wants us to love one another. God wants us to love Him unconditionally because He loves us unconditionally. That's one thing that bothers me is when we love God when God wants, wants we want God to do something. God, I, God, I'll love you forever if you do this for me. That's conditional. God doesn't want that. God loves us unconditional. We could walk out of here and do the nastiest thing we could ever do and God's love would never change. Because God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen? Let's go before the Lord. Father, we thank you today. Lord, for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Father, for the blessing that is Father's Day. We honor you today. We ask, Lord, that you would challenge us to a greater love for one another. That you would challenge us to a greater love for our children and grandchildren. We ask, Lord, that you challenge us to love our neighbor more than we love ourselves and to show the love of Christ to those around us that we too would take as many with us as we can. And Lord, we give you praise for that and we give you glory. And Lord, thank you so much as a father. Thank you for being my heavenly father. Lord, I give you praise every single day for your grace and your mercy. May we always do that. May we not lose sight of who you are in our lives. And we thank you and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you today. Thank you for being here today. I pray that you are blessed today, all the fathers there, here that are here today. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our congregation and being here today. Spoil your fathers today, kids. Make them feel special. I already got my Father's Day gifts this morning. But uh, spoil your fathers today and minister to them. Amen. Show a love that is greater than you feel you're capable yourself. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he turn his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. If you're a father here today, you can come up and take a flower and uh, take it and put it in a vase as a reminder of how special you are.
Amen. Thank you for listening to Stepping Stones of Faith. I pray that you find value in this content. You can also find an audio podcast of this program on all the major podcasting platforms. Just type Stepping Stones of Faith into the podcast search bar. Once again, I'm Pastor Josh. Thank you for joining me today.